Oh, it's your favorite time of the week. All your work is done, and it's time to relax. So come, grab some friends, and let's get lit and join the rotation. You are now in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. We are your host, your Suncoast Normal Executive Board, and we say it's time to legalize it. Hey, look, is that happy- only on my end? That's <laughs> <laughs> the rest of us saw it, just not him. Yo, so- this stream sucks right now, man. But yeah, you're in the rotation with Suncoast Normal. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. Look, happy Sunday morning, everyone. Thank you for jumping in the rotation, as folks do each and every Sunday uh, here at 1045 a.m. across multiple platforms. You might be watching us on Facebook right now. Maybe you're tuned into YouTube. Hey, maybe on Twitch. You know, uh, if you want to catch up on past episodes of the rotation, you can visit our website, suncoastnormal.org, or you can even watch live on our website. Again, Suncoast Normal. .org each and every Sunday. But this Sunday, we're bringing you an amazing show. Um, you know, unfortunately, our dear friend Gary Stein can't be joining us today, so we won't be having a segment of we won't be having a segment of the G spot, but we will most definitely uh, be talking about some interesting developments that have happened in cannabis. And we'll be celebrating Florida's cannabis culture uh, with the amazing folks from Swamp City Gallery and Lounge. So uh, just to kick things off, uh, Carlos, why don't you go ahead and, uh, and introduce our guests from Swamp City? Well, thank you for letting me introduce them because I love these guys. Um, so here's the thing, uh, as many of you people know on the show, I'm in the hemp business. And here's the thing about a lot of people in the hemp business that they don't actually go and get involved with what's going on in Tallahassee with the politics behind things. They don't lobby things and they don't do, tend to, and a lot of people in Florida tend not to do things right and not do it responsibly and not realize that we've got a culture here that we're trying to promote. And these guys from Swamp City, uh, the reason why, um, you know, Chillum and Swamp City are so close together is because we do things very, very similar, but, you know, we do different things in, in, in a very similar way. We really take this as a responsibility to the culture. We want to see this culture grow. We want to see this, this culture do the right thing. And these boys are up in Gainesville doing the best they can to provide that community with uh, the education, the knowledge, and the hemp products that they need uh uh, you know, to, to really to do better as a community. So this is Tyler, who's the owner of Swamp City, and Tony is his general manager. And Tony Tony is a very cool guy because he, he argues with me about atheism, but, you know, we, <laughs> in a very, very fun and, and respectable way. And Tyler here, um, you know, he's got some experience in the business out in Cali, and right? It's California, right? Yep. Okay, so he's got some business out in Cal, some some experience in the business out in Cali, and he came here to back to Florida, which I believe is his home, yep. um, you know, his original home, and he came to make sure that this business was represented right, and he opened Swamp City Glass Gallery and Lounge, and he sells hemp and he sells fine cannabis art, and they're awesome. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys have a grand opening coming up, huh? Well, yeah, well, it, it's a, 
if we were in if we were in Bob's Burgers world, I guess it would be. I guess it would be. <laughs> but um, uh, there's a little joke going around because we relocated uh, in the middle of the pandemic. Um, obviously, that wasn't uh, part of the plan, but we did relocate to a bigger and better location, and we had a another grand opening on our second anniversary. Um, so I guess you know if we kept the joke going, this could be our re 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 grand opening. <laughs> but it is our third uh, third year anniversary bash is what we're calling it this year yeah. and uh, um the, uh tony knows a little bit more about all the ins and outs and everybody who's featured so i'll let him take over from there but basically it's our third anniversary bash and we're bringing anybody and everybody who wants to be involved in the cannabis community out for a great time so nice. let me ask you guys, Gainesville is a very important part of the history of cannabis culture in Florida, right? Oh, yeah. There, There is a lot of things go that, that have happened there in, in the past. I kind of want to give have you guys give a rundown of why Gainesville is so important to Florida's cannabis culture. And then, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how we're, we're evolving it today. Yeah. Um, um, I guess, uh, I guess I'll, I'll start there because, uh, yeah, this is your hometown. This is, this is your world. You were born and raised right out there off of Newlands Lake. So this is your story, bro. So um, Gainesville um, is a pretty green dot in north central North Florida. Um, we're surrounded by some um, pretty uh, conservative counties um, that do not tolerate cannabis in any shape or form. Um, Zero tolerance. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and um, Alachua County, I mean, not so much the county as a whole, but um, Gainesville and surrounding like High Springs and varying places like that, Gainesville especially has been a um, progressive um, uh, green spot in the map. I mean, there's. I was watching a video earlier today, somebody tagged me in of the 1992 Hemp Fest in Gainesville, <laughs> So um, I was only five years old there then, so I probably wasn't there. I, I, I don't know. I have to ask my mom. <laughs> but um, um, to, to make a long story short, you know, um, Gainesville is uh, always been pro-cannabis. Um, uh, Jody James and Propaganda and uh, Florida Can were doing things back here in the early 90s um, before I was ever even in the picture or anything cannabis related. Um, and then... Um, um, when I went out to California, um, I didn't really, you know, I knew about Gainesville Green and everything, but that was a little bit past my time. Gainesville Green's heyday was in the 70s and 80s. Um, I was born in 87. Um, so, but when I went out to California and I told people I was from Gainesville, Florida, they were, it was unanimous. Everybody wanted to know about the Gainesville Green, the Gainesville Green, the Gainesville Green, and it, and it shocked me how many, like over in this huge, because that was kind of the epitome, California, for, for culture, for cannabis culture, you know, in my, when I was in my 20s, because they went legal in 96. So, um, you know, when I went over there, I was not expecting to hear people going, what's up with the Gainesville Green, man? What's up with the Gainesville Green? And so that's when I started doing like a deep dive into it. And, uh, found a huge history um to make a long story short i wouldn't even be around if it wasn't for gainesville green my dad uh traveled down from new york um uh after reading to go to college at university of florida after reading an article in playboy magazine about the uh, gainesville green down here and he decided he wanted to come to uh uf to uh check it out 
And then, you know, one thing led to another, and he met my mom, and my mom was a uh, you know, hippie. She went to Eastside High School, grew up on, we all grew up there on Nunes Lake, and um, one thing led to another, and then and here I am. So, but uh, it's it's my understanding because you brought up like everything that that happened in Gainesville in the 70s like it was almost like this like like hippie utopia like you kind of yeah, get that feeling yeah, um absolutely. like um i i hear that the it, it was a specific position that the police department played that they knew that cannabis was illegal but they just for whatever reason did not they care tolerated it. yeah they yeah tolerated they taught they tolerated it and it became like this crazy crazy culture where like like you said that there was you know the the first california legalized medical marijuana in 1996 the first rogue dispensary in california in san francisco opened in 92 and you're saying that you were at a what was a hash bash in 92 90 this yeah, yeah hemp fest yeah yeah down there in bo diddley this is florida cannabis culture before the cannabis industry even had one foot in the door you know what i mean yeah so crazy part historically when you think about it and you look at it actually it was that hemp fest and the history of the doobie tosser and stuff that actually kind of forced people's hands politically in gainesville to actually get harsh for it for a little while and then what mm. Tyler? Since we've started doing going through the legalization process here, it's kind of yeah. you know they've re relaxed again. They're not like mm. letting us walk around and dance in public or throw doobies <laughs> but down at the plaza again yet. But you know they're definitely being way more tolerant. And honestly, I'll speak personally. GPD has been quite cooperative with us in things here. So. I can't say enough good things, you know, and that's rare in this industry to say too many good things about the police, but people <laughs> fit together. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that that kind of leads into to where I wanted the conversation to go, and I, I want to talk about cannabis culture in Gainesville now and what uh, Swamp City means to it. Um, yeah, like what what is it like to be a part of cannabis culture in Gainesville right now? Um, well, you know, there's not uh, there's not many of us, right, Tony? All right. There's, I mean, besides the corporate side. Now, I will say, Gainesville has more dispensaries per square mile, to my knowledge, than any city in, in the state of Florida. Um, I think we've got ten going on eleven right now in our small town. Um, so we do have a big um, cannabis um, uh, presence community. Yeah, our cannabis presence in the cannabis community, but as far as like um, uh, somebody who be, who's like a uh, in the forefront, non corporate, you know, there's not mm -hmm. many businesses out there willing to stick their neck out. We know a lot of people who are behind the scenes, um, mm -hmm. um, but uh, um, in as far as in our community, as far as pushing the envelope and as far as sticking your neck out there and kind of you know um, taking the risk. That's us. That, that's us um but uh the community is um is bigger than it ever has been and 
in Gainesville as far as cannabis community. And um, we're hoping everybody comes out for the anniversary because everybody's been cooped up for the past, you know, 18 months. And it's it's been hard on a lot of us because a lot of us are social beings and a lot of us, you know, thrive off of uh, human contact, especially people in the cannabis space. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, having everybody out. But the, the cannabis culture in Gainesville is, is thriving and it's definitely coming back. People are starting to come back out now you know, vaccines are out and stuff like that. And uh, um, business has been going good. And uh, um, we look forward to, you know, having that community back to what it was, you know, post-COVID. Yeah, cool. You know, um, the cannabis community in Gainesville has, you know, some really um, very popular and and famous advocates that maybe some folks don't really realize. But Tom Petty is from Gainesville and, and grew up in Gainesville. And, you know, you, when you listen to his music, you know, Last Dance with Mary Jane and, and some of his other songs, you really see that influence of Gainesville cannabis culture on his upbringing. So, you know, it, to see a new generation of folks uh, also embracing it, it is beautiful. And for you all to create a, a safe space where folks from the culture can come together. And, and you know, uh, you I mean, tell us more about w- w- your store and, and the lounge and, and you know, what kind of products and services. <laughs> finish your sentence a place where people can come together safely within the confines of the law and in my opinion within the confines of the rules because we have this thing called a privacy fence so our patients medicate if they need to we literally want people to know that this is not only safe for you to hang out safe for you to talk cannabis say hello to javier and cannoli everybody uh, hi Javi. hi cannoli <laughs> we we really like when tyler said we we put ourselves out there we go to that next level and i'm willing to have that discussion with anybody as to why i allow and tyler and hobby and all of us you got that card Medicaid. We supply the privacy fence. So then you're not in public view. And that's the problem. Isn't that the problem? Not being in public view. Let me ask you guys, you guys, you know, you guys have explained that there's a big uh, corporate presence in Gainesville, but there's not not a lot of little guys. And, you know, you know, you got you guys are big guys. You guys are big guys like (laughs) like me and Kiddo. But, you know, uh, you know, like uh, corporate cannabis is big business. And, uh, you know, why do you think you guys are the only like little guys per se out there doing it? Well, I think um, uh, Tony touched on it earlier. Um, it's just recently that uh, the GPD has started to kind of loosen up their stance on it. Um, the, when I, I we smoked a, a five gram palm outside the other day on the front patio of the shop and we were looking at each other and I said, you know, five years ago, not not 10 years ago, five years ago, this was not have been something that I would have even considered in Gainesville, Florida. Um, um, and, you know, going back 10 years ago, we were all hiding in, in the woods and hiding in, you know, in, in sheds and stuff. You know, you, you wouldn't care to get caught with uh, smoking cannabis out in the open or even in your own yard. I mean, I, I uh, now because of the medical laws and the, the slow progress, it's progress, though. I'm not going to take that away. The slow progress that Florida has been making in the cannabis um, uh, regulation uh, part of it, you know, now I can smoke a, a joint in my front yard and I have to be worried about getting thrown in handcuffs. Um, we were actually smoking that that uh, that palm together. It was three of us out there, and a GPD officer rode by on his bicycle, two feet from us, 
gave us, hey, how you doing? Have a good day. Yes, sir. Have a good day. You know, it's, uh, and uh, um, I feel like with the local law enforcement here, as long as, you know, you're respectful and you talk to them in a decent way, they've been respectful for, for us. We had a young deputy come out uh, probably about a month and a half ago because of a noise complaint of one of our um, um, events that we were having outside. And she said she didn't hear anything that was above normal and uh, she didn't even really need to get out of the car. And I assured her the only thing that she would ever find in our courtyard was a bunch of people getting stoned. And uh, she said, that's not, that's nothing she's worried about. And have a great day. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stop wasting my time. I got, yeah. I got shit to do. <laughs> the thing, the most important thing I can say for people and, you know, Tyler took a big chance opening this place and we take chances every day with what we do and how we do it. But um, the communities responded well to it. You have to create, not only do you have to create that cannabis culture, but you also have to remember it as, as the business side of it as well. In a place like this, responsible culture transparent culture gets you a very very long way with your community don't oh, yeah. be secretive don't try to hide things don't try to misdirect be upfront and honest with these people sit down with your local chief of police and stuff like this meet with them at your council council meetings and stuff like that let them get to know you as a person and as a business person that stuff is so important you know, because when, when they realize that you're in it for the right reasons and you're not just trying to flip a buck, they get behind you and they support yeah. you, you know, and that that is what we need in this culture more than anything. I have said you've heard me say it on the political side, Kano, that the main way we're going to make our culture 100 percent acceptable is getting our own to police our own and be extremely transparent when we get to that level we're in Absolutely. you know and that's what we push here at the store as well well you know i think that the opportunity um to get politically active has made a difference i mean we have 11 municipalities or, or counties in florida that have decriminalized alachua county uh being one of them you know in alachua county you know they'll give you a citation rather than take you to jail uh for cannabis possession carlos and i you know pushed hard in front of the tampa city council to get the same thing here and and i think that that's the first step is just sitting down you know it started with carlos and i talking with the public defender uh, uh, many moons ago and you know back in like 2014 and 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 just trying to get that the, the ball rolling and and then you you go you got to engage your city council you got to talk to the mayor you got to get involved in that local politics that sometimes uh, seems tedious that seems like oh well, we're not going to make a difference but you can because city elections and county elections are de are decided by very small margins in many cases because of low voter turnout so if you have a mayor that's not pro cannabis you can replace them with a pro cannabis mayor someone who's going to tell the cops hey don't go over there bothering those people focus on on high crime areas focus on areas where you know people actually need to have a police presence not somewhere where folks are just having a good time in a safe environment you know and, and doing their best to, to follow the law so 
Yeah, you guys, I want to apologize for, for our viewers and our listeners today that uh, they can't, we're, we're having issues with our software and you guys can't see the chat. Um, so everybody's, uh, there's a, a, a lot of love for you guys in the chat right now. Swamp City is the best in Florida. Um, this, this gentleman, David Green, is looking for a place to hang out with other patients and, you know, is, is wondering if the, like Swamp City is is uh is up for that but you guys are getting a lot of love in the chat like a lot of people in florida seem to to love you and are tuning in right now yeah we consider ourselves like the you know the cannabis hub you, you know um in in uh in north florida so if you're a patient and you want to hang out with other patients our big thing is is it, you know um and a lot of people aren't officially patients and that's why we have the relief clinic located inside of our store so you know if you want to make that step you can but um for like-minded individuals that um um you know look at cannabis and music and art you know with an open mind and an open heart you know um uh Swamp city is your lounge you know and we do something every night of the week for you whether it be a hip-hop night a jazz night um punk rock um we do it something for everybody and and that's our uh, our thing where you're the melting pot of gainesville and we want everybody of all you know um colors and everything to come together um you know just using cannabis as uh, as that catalyst to break down all these barriers that you know are more prevalent today than ever well you talked about the music and the art and as a glass collector myself i want to talk a little bit about art here um so your your collection at swamp city is insane um <laughs> like insane like chillum has um some pretty cool glass but the shit you got how long have you been collecting glass tyler so when i moved out into california um i quickly found my um uh addiction for glass was uh um uh, so so i'm sorry to cut you off so everybody knows what i'm talking about is uh water pipes uh tyler and myself both collect high-end very artistic handmade water pipes yeah. and swamp city is an insane dealer of these <laughs> these very, pipes very heady glass yeah yeah like, oh man I, Carlos, I, I gotta chime in, man. I, I mean, I, it, maybe I'm mistaken, but I recall one time going to Swamp City and I saw this piece of glass that was so artistic. It was something like a dragon having sex with a bumblebee, you know? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I was using two pieces that were setting by, side by side. There's the double-headed fire-breathing dragon. Uh, and then right next to it was the collab piece, which is the wasp on top of the rig with the, all the the uh, going crazy in the color theory. But yes, that those are two of our biggest pieces in the shop. Yeah, and, and the fact that Tony knew exactly what I was talking about just goes to show <laughs> he knows his shit as general manager. So y'all go down to Swap City, most definitely check out the glass if you're a connoisseur of art. Um, but if you're a patient, the pipes are also functional, which is the most uh, awesome yeah. part of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. This is all art you can smoke out of. Oh, I was I'm just going to say uh, another thing that I like to point out is, you know, we got a lot of shops similar to us. Most people refer to them as head shops. They mm -hmm. have rules. You can't say certain words. You can't refer to things a certain way. Um, another prime example of how Swamp City likes to lead the way, 
We don't serve any kind of tobacco related products. We specifically use the lingo that everybody's told not to because on our website and everything we do is everything in this building is for CBD and medicinal use only. Very cool. Very cool. We so do not sell anything for tobacco use. This is a good uh, gauge of uh, of your collection there, Tyler. Um, the most expensive piece I have at Chillum, it sells retail for $1,000, right? Yeah. What's the most expensive piece you got? Um, so, so we have one piece that's like a statement piece that we did our grand opening. We had 10 different artists come out and collaborate over 24 oh, hours shit. to make a piece. Um, that piece is right around twenty five thousand if somebody wanted to buy it. But the uh, <laughs> but the uh, the the most expensive retail piece at the shop I would have to say would be around eleven thousand uh, dollars. Wow. I think it's actually marked at twelve, but you know we'd negotiate a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you came wow. with cash, we could definitely talk money. But these are you know these are statement pieces. Um, one of those pieces is the wasp that you're talking about, um, and another one being the uh, fire breathing dragon with a built in torch. It has its own, um, it's what they call a torch tube. So it has a glass tank and uh, medical valves. You actually fill a separate tank on the, uh, that is made of glass. She's holding an egg. That egg gets filled with butane and then she breathes fire and the torch comes out of one mouth and heats up the tail, which holds the nail. And then you breathe out and then the mouthpiece is on the other head. So. I, that is the most gangster Game of Thrones shit I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> These are definitely statement pieces. Like, you know, yeah. a lot of people look at us crazy when you're like, oh, I've got a. Um, hold on. He's like, cue you, the Game you, of Thrones music. <laughs> he's like, you you put the dab in the banger, and then all of a sudden magic happens, and a rabbit comes out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Um, but, but yeah, the, uh, those are statement pieces. You know, a lot of people, when they hear that, you know, I mean, even a thousand dollars, I'm sure you get looks a thousand dollars for a bong, you know, that, that happens every day. Um, One of the, the worst reviews we have is that, uh, uh we explained that a piece was a thousand dollars and we're like, yeah, expensive, huh? And some dude was like, oh, this guy thinks I can't afford a thousand dollars. And it's like, why didn't you buy it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but people that are like ourselves that are in the glass industry, they understand because it is a true like culture within a culture. Like cannabis mm -hmm. culture is one thing, but like the glass culture, it's a whole nother thing. Like, I mean, there's people out there. I mean, I just saw, you know, um, uh, a Sagan piece, you know, this was months and months ago. And it was crazy because they sent part of the piece to the moon in a weather balloon and then came back down and then they got auctioned off and went for like $125,000. You know what I mean? And this is, you know, like a, a whoa, whoa, whoa. Tyler, Tyler, hold on. I got to stop here. So our cannabis cultures come so far that they're sending bombs to the moon and bringing them back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Sending them into orbit, at least. They sent it into orbit, um, had it come back down, uh, GPS tracked it then put it within the piece, put the moon inside of the piece and encased it. Um, and yeah, 125. I, I, I wish Gil Scott Heron was still alive so he could write a remix to his poem, Whitey's on the Moon, because we can't get legal cannabis, but bongs are on the moon. You know, <laughs> I can't pay my doctor bill, but bongs are on the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the 
back when I was to, to start off the original question, I guess we kind of went off on a little tangent. Um, back in we do that here on the show. Yeah. We, we get into it. <laughs> back yeah. in 2012, I uh, started uh, finding my love for glass. And I just started collecting pieces. Um, came back to Gainesville three years later and had a pretty avid collection. Um, and then over the next two years while I was in Gainesville, came up with the idea of Swamp City because um, unfortunately I wasn't going to be able to do what I, what I was doing in uh, California and was on and operate a small dispensary. Um, so uh, I decided to pivot and go the CBD and hip route. And that's how Swamp City was born. And um, a lot of pieces that I had collected um in california i never even used because they were just that statement pieces and i've always wanted to have a gallery and a uh, dispensary but couldn't, couldn't do the dispensary part so we did a, um you know essentially kind of like uh and i applaud you for pushing that uh, lingo is the uh you know as a cbd dispensary down in uh, orlando but that you know and we couldn't go the medical dispensary route so we decided that we were going to uh um go the hip dispensary route and do a uh, lifestyle lounge and i think we're still the only one that is incorporating beer and wine into that picture it is uh tough to do and um that's part of the reason that we didn't do the uh tobacco um products um so yeah you, know. you guys you guys still don't do like kava or kratom or anything like that right no no yeah, um, we don't either, and that's that's pretty typical for for a store um, yeah. that sells glass or sells hemp. Or um, why don't you do it? Um, well, because we're huge on the cannabis culture. Um, I, Tony can talk a little bit more on it, but um, you know, there's uh, uh, we we have a stance. Um, you know, it's a, we're we're cannabis lounge. Um, everything we do down to you know the the products we sell, everything is based off of cannabis um, use, love, or if anything in between. And um, yeah, Tony, Tony can touch on some more like the specifics of why we don't do it and the kind of properties of why is it like um you know uh we're we're more about you know focusing on uh, it's actually about tony uh, i was gonna say what it's what's about for us is literally um if it affects our body is made we come with an endocannabinoid system mm. right our bodies are designed to use cannabis. Mm -hmm. We don't come with an opiate system. We don't come with a cocaine system. We don't come equipped with these things for our body to take those as medicines and regulate. I think the reason why cannabis is not addictive like that is because we have a system designed for it. Mm -hmm. We don't have this systems de designed for tobacco kratom kava these things if it has a potential to do harm our first priority is we're a safe space and we're not trying to harm anybody now i know kava and kratom have uses to help wean people off of other things but those products still do affect the brain stem which means there's a potential for accidents and things like that mm -hmm. we first and foremost we're a safe place and more importantly 
in order to do things right, we have to accept kind of like doctors and nurses and stuff like that with their Hippocratic Oath. First, we have to do no harm. And that's really why we take that stance. Cool. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I like the idea also of uh, focus, you know, there there's you're trying to promote one thing. You know, if you if you promote three different things, the message gets lost. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's not about carrying what sells. Yeah. You know, um, I know that, um, especially in this business, carrying e-liquid nicotine and um, carrying like, hi, Tyler's daughter. (laughs) So carrying e-liquid nicotine, carrying kava, carrying kratom can, uh, you know, really, really put, you know, a big bump in your sales. And, you know, it's not necessarily about that. It's about, you know, you you know, it is about making money, but it's about making money the right way and uh, focusing on what you love. And uh, yeah, I applaud you guys. Well, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's hard. And I I know Tony can attest to it, you know, there in the beginning, you know, um, with any company, you know, you're not, you're trying to, you're still figuring things out. And, it, we're, you know, we haven't been in business for 20 years by any means, but, you know, you figure a lot out in three years, especially being a small business. Um, uh, we, uh, we, it, that was the hardest thing to do is stick to our guns. Um, not look at other people who were making yeah. money hands over fists and be like, you know what, we need to do what they're doing. We need to do what they're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's honestly like the hardest part. I did. Um, but uh um but yeah that's that's you know the hardest part about doing that is uh is not being um swayed and sticking to your guns and like you said uh sticking with what you're passionate about but if you stay with what you're passionate about it shows because you know yeah. we started selling tobacco and kava and kratom and all these other things i mean we would sell them but we're not passionate about them and it would show you know so yeah. so yeah, you got to be you got to be the best at what you do. You can't be doing thousands of different things. If you're the best at what you do, the, the business will come. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and by the way, your daughter's gotten pretty big. Yeah, she is turning three on um, uh, September 21st, and she is growing like a bean. You want to say hi, Bella? <laughs> but yeah, and then and then and she um she has the same birthday as Tony. So we're we uh every every year we have a you know big birthday for them. So um <laughs> but she's part of she's off obviously uh, a lot of the motivation behind what we do at Swamp City, you know, to make something, you know, legit and uh um something that the community can all you know, we want to be that pillar in our community. So a green pillar, but a pillar. <laughs> Very yeah. cool. Tyler, I want to just pause for a second and kind of dwell on that. You know, you you're a family man, you know, you, you got a kid. And so often the the proponents of prohibition, the people who are against cannabis, uh, will try and use the kids as a political bargaining tool. And the, the reason I bring it up is because um, just this week in the Journal of Cognitive Development, um, a study was done uh, with an international team of investigators from Canada, France, Germany, Ireland, and the U.S. And they examined the relationship between um, adolescent marijuana use at age 14 
and their cognitive performance at age 19. And I'm, I'm stating this study not because I'm advocating for kids to use cannabis, but the fact that so often we've been told, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. And mar- yeah, yeah, marijuana fries your brain. But in fact, the, the, the this international team of folks studied the, 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 these kids and they found that there's no evidence to support the presumption that cannabis consumption leads to a decline in neurocognitive ability. And there've been other studies of pregnant women in Jamaica, which has shown that their kids, um, you know, when they utilize cannabis uh, in utero, were actually smarter, had better uh, response times than the ones who did it. And and so, you know, taking away the and chipping away from the propaganda that has been pushed out in this country for the last 50 years in regards to cannabis is so important. And it's amazing that, like you said, you, you know, you can leave your daughter this legacy. One day she'll be running Swamp City, you know. Yeah. And and that it brings value not just uh, to the community through through patients having a safe space, but um, this week also an analysis came out uh, from Clever Real Estate that says marijuana legalization correlates with higher home values, and that uh, between April 2017 and April 2021, property values actually rose seventeen thousand dollars more in states where where recreational adult use marijuana is legal than the states that have illegal or limited or medical use. So, I mean, you know, we're seeing uh, California, Colorado, Nevada, uh, uh, Oregon, you know, Washington State with booming real estate prices. And we're seeing states like Florida and others where, um, you you know, you're not getting as much equity in your home, uh, you know, because people want to live in a safe place and and have that peace of mind. Big companies want, you know, uh, or want their, 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 their workers to be able to have safe and reliable access. And I mean, and that's our mission at Normal, at Suncoast Normal, is to continue to fight until every single person has safe and reliable access. Every responsible cannabis user can have that peace of mind. And that's where, um, you know, we still see the fight moving forward. Yeah, and it's, it's crazy that in today's day and age with 30 something plus states um, and then in medical and all over the uh, the nation that you're still seeing um, people uproot their lives and move to other states just for safe access. Um, you're still you get you're still seeing cannabis essentially cannabis refugees whether they be for relief of their um, their self or their younger individuals especially for younger individuals uh, it's it's frowned upon in non-legal or strictly medical states so they go to states where they don't have to be discriminated against and it's crazy that people are still having to do that um but uh but yeah to touch on what you were saying um i also have a lot of people um know my oldest um she's sleeping right now but she'll be 16 at the end of this month so i've got a 16 year old and uh she is uh she has recently said that she wants to go get a business degree so she can uh, help run swamp city um and uh you know that's uh um something that you know at the end of the day it's what i'm doing you know that that's ultimately the, the um these two are the reason i'm doing you know um could could you imagine her like 30 years from now she's like 30 years ago my <laughs> pappy started swamp city and yeah. left this legacy to me <laughs> yeah. 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 No, uh, but but my question is carlos why does tyler's daughter sound like scarlett o'hara you tell me with the accent? <laughs> yeah this is florida i don't think that's the right accent bro. it's because living in tampa i think everybody that lives in florida outside of tampa and miami sound like they're from the south <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's like why i do declare swamp city has the finest glass 
on no. this side of the Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> that is probably the most accurate statement I've heard today, Carlos. That's, that's actually that's probably right. <laughs> yeah, it's um, but yeah, I mean, it, um, having um, the, uh, an open um, dialogue with, with young individuals and not hiding. I've never, you know, um, hid my cannabis use or um, uh, my love for cannabis from my family or from my kids. And I think once other people start to do that, you know, it's important that the newer generation, we can, we not only normalize within the industry, but we have to normalize it within our own homes as well. You know, you can't just be like, oh yeah, I'm an advocate. And then, you know, go home and smoke in the closet. And hide it from me, you know? so, I'm not saying smoke around the kids, but I'm just saying that, you know, um, uh, be honest about what you're doing in the lifestyle you live. Well, you know, Tyler, so often when we talk about mom and pop businesses getting into the cannabis industry, you and yours are exactly what we're talking about. You know, this cartel structure that exists in Florida where only multimillionaires can get in, um, where you have to buy, you know, several senators and representatives and have someone with the governor's ear, you know, to get a license. That That's a system that, that we can't abide because it's a system that creates uh, undesirable outcomes for patients. Patients consistently will send pictures or complain about mold in their products. And we know that small mom and pop businesses like yourself oftentimes can get it right. Because as you said before, it's about focusing on doing something very well rather than trying to crank out a product for a profit. Shit. I think we've already seen that here in Florida. I mean, we we have a system that's based off of we gave these guys a license because these are the guys that can handle it. And, you know, there was the there was the most money in their pocket. Honestly, I mean, I know now they're starting. They're going to prioritize the next 15 for minority and, and, and black ownerships. And, you know, I, yeah. I, that's a good thing. But I mean, that's the reason Swamp City's not a dispensary it's because it was a seventy thousand dollar application fee. And I had to have millions of dollars and I had to have an agricultural licensee. Um, 10 years current in, in my pocket and I had to own all the property. And it's just it's impossible for a mom and pop shop to do. Like, well, mean, like we've seen the big guys come in and they're the guys with all the money and they, you know, apparently have the expertise and the ability to do this and they've failed. They they're selling the mold to patients. That's it. They have the money. They're, the they're fucking up. <laughs> they have the money and that was it. And you see it more. Yeah. You know, and then you see guys who have enough money. I don't want to say any names, but some of the biggest companies in Florida have enough money to fail and then continue to fail. But just because they have so much money in so many locations and they have essentially a stranglehold on the market that they're going to they can continue to fail and just bounce back and, you know, and hire new employees and fire new, and then just continue to do what they do. And nobody's in it there's no competitive market so in a truly competitive market the cream will rise to the top but there's no comp competition right now so. i know i know that that is truly the answer like we we have a bunch of people with money that claim to know what they're doing that failed so we need a bunch of people that actually know what they're doing even though they don't have the fucking money to yeah. compete against each other to see who's the best yeah. You know, who gets who who can take care of the most patients most responsibly, not who has, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I get pissed off about it, too, Tyler. Oh, the know, scariest thing to me is how many of these people that are their master growers at these legal centers are 
haven't really had no history with cannabis, didn't know nothing. They went to college, they got a degree in horticulture, and they're getting these jobs running major level grows. In my opinion, that's the main reason why we're seeing so much crap. You know, they say they can't hire people, honestly, like myself, that has grown a lot of cannabis. Why? Because I don't have a resume I can present. Yeah. You know, my resume was on a hillside in the trees where nobody <laughs> could see me trying not to get caught. But if I get or worse, the resume that we can actually use is our arrest records. <laughs> but <laughs> you've been arrested, so we can't work for you. What the hell? <laughs> Wait, Tony, you right? never wrote down your criminal activity? You know, I didn't think it was a wise thing to, you know, do that stuff. I'm uniquely, I learned from other people's mistakes in movies. So no journals, no paper trails. (laughs) Yeah. How many times a day does somebody come into the shop and like try to show you like pictures of the pot plants that they're growing? Oh, it happens all All the the time. time. Yeah. Same here. And it's like, and you're, and you're thinking, you know, you're like, oh, okay, it's the, so they used to work at a dispensary or an illegal state, and then you're like, oh, that's your backyard. That's yeah, your yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, wait a minute, like I feel some. There's been times when I've like tried to coach these guys. I was like, listen, man, you know, when you do something illegal, it it's probably not a good idea to tell a complete stranger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's how my dad got busted back in the 70s. He was hitting on this girl that he liked. He was trying to brag her about his grow. And apparently she had a boyfriend who was a TPD officer. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, and then, my, and then my grandmother's house gets raided. And he, he remember, I remember him telling me to start. He was trying to throw the plant over the alley into the next person's backyard. And it got stuck on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. So. But, you know, hearing that story galvanized me at such a young age because here I am as a kid. My dad has worked three jobs and busted his ass to put me through private school to, to give me a better life than, than, than he had. To You know, he lost his dad at 13. So to have a dad there, you know, it's what he wanted to do. And to hear that story at such a young age, it's like, wow, the police came and treated my dad like a criminal for what? For growing medicine? That 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 never sat well with me, and it still doesn't to this day. Which is, you know, one of my motivating factors. My dad has always been someone who, you know, was a driving motivation to see this happen. And and there are so many other families out there who have loved ones that are sick and need access to this medicine. And because of the law, they're afraid. And and we live in a society where for the last fifty years we've been brainwashed politically that law and order is the proper way of society, but laws are unjust. You know, slavery was once the law. Uh, you couldn't vote if you didn't own property was once the law. And a lot of us are still written, you know. So uh, I don't think that, that that's right, that, that, that we should be. Everybody shook their head at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yep, 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 yep. yep. Times are hard. Times are hard. <laughs> <laughs> So, so I, I just have to applaud you, gentlemen, for, for, for taking a stance of bravery and, and also to having the integrity to do what you do. Because as Tony pointed out, there are so many folks out there who will, will, will get in this industry for clout. You know, as Tyler pointed out, there's so many folks out there that want to get in this industry for profit. But to do it for the people, 
you know, you, and I've said it in plenty of seminars, you can make money in this industry, but remember that the clients you're serving are sick people. And if you can keep that as your guide star, then we'll be able to continue to move forward in the right way. Yeah. So guys, here here's the thing. It's come to the point in the show where, you know, both our organizations have events that we want to plug. <laughs> so before we get to that point in the show, let's do a little negotiation. What's up with the normal event at Swamp City? What's up? Hey, Bring your ass up. <laughs> we, got, we got the space now, man. We got more space than we've ever had before. I still haven't seen the new place. I really like I still haven't Dude, seen the new place. So just to- just to put like long story short, so we went from seventeen hundred square foot to five thousand square feet almost. Wow. So wow. Yeah, and then we still got a courtyard in the back. We still got our medical space. We just don't mm. have a cool mulberry tree in the back anymore, but we still got a uh, we still got the courtyard. We got like Tony said, privacy fences up so you can safely medicate in the courtyard. Um, we uh, we have our event space in the back where we host live bands and music. We have a stage in the courtyard as well. Then we have the mm. bar and then the little arcade area in there um, with the N64 and foosball and stuff like that and board games. And then we've got the huge glass gallery with the CBD lounge up front. And we're going to be starting the dab bar back up probably next week. Uh, Ray Shakes, the glass artist out of Orlando, is making our dab bar rigs right now. It should be done in the next week or so. And nice. We, I can't we wait went, to see the new rigs. Yeah, we went um, we went the hookah route so we could use the disposable mouthpieces, um, uh, you know, because of the world we live in right now, um, you know, trying mm. to keep everything safe. So we uh, decided that, you know, the old style what we used to be doing, just having the rig and wiping the mouthpiece with the uh, alcohol probably wasn't the best way to go. So we went um, the, the large rig that sits on the, on the base um, that holds a lot of water. So it's hard to tip over. And then it has mm. the removable hookah whip, so you can put the you know the disposable mouth tips on it. Very cool. And when's your grand opening? Uh, grand opening or re grand re anniversary of the re grand re 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 grand anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the the re grand anniversary opening. Um, it's twenty eighth. So August twenty eighth. August twenty eighth. Yeah. Nice. And um. It's going to be all day. It's the uh, third annual anniversary bash. We have tons of live music, um, everything from rock, um, punk, hip hop, um, EDM. Yeah, EDM. Um, we have uh, the night before, we have a huge EDM night. Um, uh, Grow Up is going to be hosted there. So the night before is going to be packed as well. Um, and that's August 27th. Um, and then we're, we're going to be collaborating with them on the 28th. And we've got live art. We're going to have live glass blowing like we always do. Um, and um, we'll have discounts all day for all the attendees. And we, we just want to have everybody out, you know, try and get everybody out to have a you know a good party we haven't had a you know a big party in like i said in a year and a half but it's going to be a big deal i mean we even got i mean some people came out of the word work to help sponsor this thing you know i mean we got eh, just to drop it if you don't mind me dropping i mean literally the relief clinic is you know move lhs different people are like damn they're doing stuff again let's get in there you know so not only are we doing things but other people are so you're going to be able to come here and not only 
enjoy all the entertainment and stuff we brought but we're going to have a ton of people representing their the cannabis culture cannabis legal cannabis all of it here so it's yeah. like a day of fun family entertainment and you're definitely going to go home way more educated than you walked in yeah. unless so, you smoke a whole lot too that day which <laughs> you know <laughs> Before your grand opening happens, we actually have an event that you guys can come and, and visit us with. Um, but uh, uh, again, Restream software is screwing up, so we got to do kind of like a cheap. Oh, I, I like, okay. Yeah. Okay. There you go. There you go. Tom so, uh, Carlos, just hold it up, Carlos. I'll do the voiceover. Cool. <laughs> so, Suncoast Normals Got Talent, the hottest talent showcase in the Bay Area. You want to come out? It is July 30th in Ebor City at the Crowbar. Uh, shout out to celebrity guest judge Tom G, uh, hosted by funny comedian uh, Rio Paris, who you may have seen on Netflix and Side Splitters and the Improv. Look, if you have a talent and you want to showcase it for the cannabis movement, this is your opportunity. Whether you're an artist, whether you're a singer, dancer, maybe you have an oddity that you can show, uh, an odd talent. By all means, talent entries, whether solo or team, are available right now on suncoastnormal.org. And of course, if you want to get your general admission tickets before prices go up at the door, get them early, get in. We also have vendor opportunities available. So if you have a business, you want to set up shop on the patio at the event, uh, contact us, email us, hit us up on our website. We'll have to. Uh, that, 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 that's that's where we fall in right there. The vendor opportunities. <laughs> we love setting up, showing off our glass. So I, we'd love to have you, and it's okay, going to awesome. be a hell of a night. I, we'd love to party with you guys. Well, I'll get so the, we'll get the details um, after the show. We'll get the details and everything. See if we've got any events going on. If we don't, we'll, we'll definitely a couple of us will come down and set up shop. Sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds awesome. Um, yeah, is there anything else uh, you need to tell the peoples? Um, no, so, you know, if you want to stay up to date with all of our events, we do events every weekend at the Swamp. Um, we have food trucks and live music pretty much every weekend. We have a, um, a minimum of the Puerto Rican food truck. El Punto is there every Friday. We trade off. Uh, Arroz con gandules. Yes. <laughs> and, um, we got, uh, if you want to stay up to date on all of that stuff, um, uh, Instagram is at Swamp City Gallery Lounge. Facebook is at Swamp City Gallery Lounge. Um, um, we do most of our event pages on Facebook. You go to our events tab and you can see most of the events coming up for the next two months. Um, uh, some events pop up per periodically or periodically. So just make sure you, you stay up to date on the events tab. We do stuff. We do a lot of stuff. Um, and that's, you know, another way of us giving back to the community and trying to get people out and get people together. Um, and, um, yeah, you know, August 28th, the big, uh, big show, the big anniversary bash and any day of the week, seven days a week, um, 11 to 11 on Thursdays, 2 a.m. on um, uh, Friday and Saturday. If y'all want to come out and check out the shop, 716 North Main Street, we've got a space, a safe space, free Wi-Fi and either myself, Tony or Javier or Destiny. Or um, you know, we welcome everybody with open arms. Open arms. 
Tyler, I got to say, you know, I, I appreciate you all uh, creating a safe space. Um, you and Tony and, and all the folks at Swamp City, I got to give a shout out to the safe space you've also created for our veteran community. And and thank you for everything that you do uh, for our vets who've given so much um, and, and need cannabis to, to medicate, uh, to heal those scars that are both seen and unseen uh, after their service. Absolutely. Yeah, we, we offer uh, uh, veteran discounts across the board. We work um, every day, not not just a couple times a year, yeah. every damn day. Yeah, mm-hmm. they deserve it every day. They served every day. What's we, your discount? Um, right now it's 15 percent, but we all it goes up depending on the uh, but it's 15 percent across the board. But then, um, you know, obviously it goes up on Veterans Day or any holidays or anything. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, very, very and, cool. Um, we and then those the veteran discount is one of the only discounts that's stackable with other discounts. You know what I mean? Oh so, wow! So if you come in and you're like, uh, it, it, something's already discounted that day, you know, you can get your veterans discount on top of that. So oh um, wow, that's a really good. You're losing money. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, sometimes sometimes we break even, but yeah, yeah. With the, you that's tell good. me. In all honesty, if it's he was good. up to me, every veteran that comes in here to get stuff, they can come in and pick it, and I should be able to send them the government, let the government pay for it like they should. They should be taking care of everything these guys need. Yeah. So mm-hmm. at least we could take the biggest burden off of them as much as we can. Yeah. We work a lot with the Lead for Warrior Project. I, mean, I know you guys work with them as well. Um, I shout out with Jimmy Johnston and all of them, North Florida chapter, the Miami chapter, Brendan and everybody. But we work yeah. a lot with all the Lead for Warrior projects, um, any veteran organization. If you if you have an NPO or a veteran organization that you want to drop off some info in the shop, we've got a bulletin board in the community spot. You can drop off info. And guys, if you want to join Suncoast Normal, where do you go, Kano? Look, suncoastnormal.org is our website. Um, members get exclusive discounts. Our Suncoast Normal members, if you show your membership card when you go into Chillum, you get a 25% discount. So, Carlos, thank you for creating that space for our members. But, of course, also we have such amazing events for our members. Um, some of our members, uh, most recent ones, came about the Best Blunt in the Bay Festival, which we had in April. Uh, now we have the Suncoast Normal's Got Talent Showcase uh, coming up at the end of this month. And we're going to, as you heard today, be collaborating uh, collaborating with Swamp City uh, uh, Gallery and Lounge uh, to make sure that we can continue to push the cannabis culture forward here. And so if you're not already a member of Suncoast Normal, uh, understand that by joining today, uh, your membership dues, all the proceeds we put back into the organization, we put back into our advocacy for legalization efforts. Carlos and I don't take one red penny uh, to do this. We volunteer our time and many times we're paying money out of our own pockets uh, to continue to push the mission forward. And that's because we care so much about the people of Florida and what they're going through and what 50 years of prohibition uh, ha- you know, has really done for folks. Um, and it really goes beyond that. I mean, marijuana has been something that has been a target uh, of the government, you know, going all the way back uh, uh, to the 30s. And we have to continue to do better, elect better politicians. And that is why it is so important that as a membership based organization that you join because you as the members drive our public policy discourse, you drive where you want to see this organization go and how you want to create a responsible cannabis culture in the state of Florida. Guys, so thanks, for, thanks for joining us today. We've come to the end. Uh, yeah, was, was, yeah, 57 minutes. Uh, it, it felt like 
it didn't feel like 57 minutes. Uh, and no. You guys. <laughs> no, not so, at all. Yeah, that, that's one of the great things about, uh, you know, this show is, uh, you know, it's really just buddies talking. <laughs> so love you guys. Thanks for joining us in the rotation, everybody. Bye. and you have been a part of it you can be a bigger part of it by joining suncoast normal suncoast normal is a organization that can help you make the change that we all need go to the suncoast normal website and become a member because that is how you become part of the change you can find the rotation podcast on both soundcloud and itunes but you can always join us in the rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal, gain access to cannabis events, cannabis info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National, all by joining Suncoast Normal. That website, again, is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal, uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary. And good night. Good night.